0: The joint by joint approach, another way of looking at how the human body works. Now over my last few articles, you've seen different styles and ideas on describing how the human body works. By utilizing different ideas of how the body works and being able to look at the body in different perspectives, we're then able to come up with some better treatments. I will always profess there is not one best way to treat the human body. More ideas equal more tools. Sometimes you need a map that shows roads, and sometimes you need a map that shows topography. Because depending on your vehicle, there are different ways of getting to your location. The same thing happens with the human body. There are different ways to getting to better results. So lately, I've been giving you a few ideas that we use in our clinic. Uh, Articles like different responses to different injuries, different areas of the body, body mapping, ideas on how the brain responds to pain and threat. Another idea, one that I feel is one of the most effective ways of utilizing how the body works together is called the joint by joint approach. This article is a brief and easy to understand explanation of the idea. The joint by joint, or what is often called joint stacking, is an update from what I think people have in mind when they say an area is compensating. I use this newer term because it's become quite evident that I can say an area is compensating and my patients just accept it, like I magically explain all their ails with this one word. But just saying compensations doesn't help at all. It doesn't change anything because it doesn't change our understanding. It's just when someone says, hey, I think your hips compensating for my knee, that we all nod our head in agreement. Yeah, it's just compensation. No wonder. That doesn't get you any better. By understanding the joint by joint approach, especially my understanding, it changes the way I treat patients. This is why I create these articles. There's new information, new findings, and new research, and that dictates new treatments and protocols with the modern thinking doctors and therapists. And you should have access to this. Now probably more important to you, this new information, or perhaps the way I package and explain this new information, might help you with your stubborn problems. Lord knows I write over and over again, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it the old way. And if I'm going to say that you're doing it wrong, I better be able to back it up. I better also be able to give you something that you can use. If you keep getting hurt with your standard workout routine, this one may be the one for you. In this article, I'll get into how the joint stacking approach may explain why exercises, especially things like Pilates, CrossFit, and Yoga, seem to have so many repetitive injuries with their clients. Because by no means are these workout systems flawed. It just might be the wrong vehicle for the map you're using right now. It will definitely explain why more chiropractic adjustments, more PT visits, and more deeper muscle work is not the answer. The answer isn't, if it hurts when you do this, just don't do it. But instead, why would that hurt? Let's look at this problem differently and let's fix it. Understanding leads to better treatments. So let's go through my take on the joint by joint approach to your body. The body is built with a lot of different areas. Summarizing. These areas are basically either mobile areas or stable areas. We're not built to be like a 1960s robot all stiff and unbending. We're also not built to be like my plastic skeleton in my clinic that's just wobbly and unstable and would fall like a sack of potatoes if I tried to stand on the ground. This is how I teach my grade school kids when I do career day. Stable, mobile, stable, mobile. Your ankle is very mobile. It has 20 plus bones, 50 muscles and a bendy fascia. It's built to move. The knee is more stable. It has subtle movements but for the most part it just wants to bend one way like a hinge. Continuing up, the hip is very mobile. It's a ball and socket with a massive glute muscle attached to generate power. Your lower back should be stable, basically allowing you to hinge forward but even more so, it's built to resist bending forward too much. Your middle back, your thoracics, need to be very mobile. Your upper body works the same. Every other joint, thumbs are mobile, hand is stable, wrist is mobile, elbow stable, shoulder's mobile. It's the way the body is built. It's pretty obvious to visualize when it's explained like this, yes? So how does that help me as a doctor? Well, here's how. If a stable joint isn't stable, the brain gets alerts that the area may be threatened. Continued threats and continued alerts, the brain does what it does. It protects the body by creating more stability, often by stealing mobility from the joints above and below it. Anyone that has ever watched me in a live lecture has heard me talk about how lower back pain nearly always correlates with poor hip motion. My patients have, every single one of them for the last 15 years or so. It's all I talk about. You come into my clinic with a hot lower back and I preach at you and I show you beyond a doubt your hip mobility is garbage. I get all excited and worked up and basically put on a one, more, one man show that you didn't even ask for. But recently I got a little epiphany on this idea because I got a little more in depth to what the joint by joint approach really means in real life. I had it explained better at a seminar a few weeks ago and yep, I was missing a key element What if your lower back has an issue that is threatening your body to the point that the brain is robbing mobility from your hip? So it's not your hip causing your lower back stuff, but the other way around. The lower back stuff is causing the hip issue. See, it's a two-way street. Both issues are there every time. And I know this because I've tested this over and over for years, and I can assure you, it is nearly 100% there. These two things go together. Now you guys that know me, know me. I preach that you have to fix the issue, not just treat the pain. I rant until I'm blue in the face about hip mobility and foot mobility. Chiropractors rule mobility, baby. We can and do move everywhere. But what about the stable part? What's up with that? Well, it turns out that it's equally important, and depending on what your body part, the injury occurs at, maybe it's even more important than the mobility aspect. This idea has made me a better clinician a better doctor and chiropractor and a better body detective because better clues are going to equal better treatments. So how does all this help you? Because I I can now give you more. Not more as in piled on exercises that make you think you're doing something, that's a waste of time. The more I'm talking about is in fact less, less work, more pinpoint accurate corrective type stuff, not just wasted time. Do less, but do the right stuff and get more way more. I think this idea is why I'm often introduced as the guy that hates stretching. I don't hate stretching, I just hate inappropriate exercises given as hope. Hope is not a treatment plan. So let's do stuff better, let's do stuff correctly. Often this is the case with stable joints. Stable means stable. Adding more mobility, more flexibility to an area that wants to be stable is just plain wrong. So wrong, it's often a big part of the problem. So how this helps you is if I understand better, now you understand better. You get to have the better ideas, the cutting edge treatments. In the case of the lower back, this new look changed my day-to-day protocols for working on clients. I was missing something. The change, stability. I was skipping a step, probably the primary step. Let's go back to the sore back example. When the joint by joint approach is the right way of looking at the body, a client with a sore lower back will present with decreased hip mobility and decreased thoracic mobility. As a chiropractor, physio, PT, massage therapist, et etc., we tend to want more mobility. In fact, we want more mobility in the lower back. That's where the pain is. Why don't we move that thing more? Even my patients tell me, hey doc, I need more. Go harder, pop it harder, or give me some stretches so I can get more movement in there. But see, here's the problem. The lower back, From the lower thoracic to the sacrum area is the part of the body that is craving stability. The area is a stable portion of the body, and the joints there are built for stability. The fascia is huge and thick, stabilizing thick. The trouble is oftentimes the lower back area is overmobile. If the stable area of the body has too much mobility, it will tend to steal from the joint above and below, exactly like I explained in a minute ago. In this case, a lower back that is over-mobile will steal stability from the hip and thoracic spine. That's why your hip and thoracic spine aren't working and also sore. And why I find this out when I examine you and test you. It's why your lower back doesn't get much better with more, more, more. So in this case, it could be that the hip isn't moving the right way and that's what's causing lower back issue. Or probably that the lower back is moving way too much and that's causing the stiffness in the hip. The best thing is, When I or you take time to evaluate correctly and treat both these areas correctly, rather than just chase pain, we have a better understanding. We get a better treatment. Consensus, sometimes we need to stop trying to get the lower back more mobile. In fact, if you want the best exercising for stabilizing the lower back, try some farmer's carry. Get your body in the position where you're standing as if you were gonna lift up 200 pound hay bales. If you have a hard time visualing that because you didn't come from the farm, imagine picking up two heavy suitcases and carrying them from your car to the checkout aisle at the airport. You're going to have to stabilize your back. Now you don't need 50 pound suitcases for this, just stabilize that lower back. Show your brain throughout the day over and over again, it's stable, it's stable. It's the opposite of trying to stretch it and move it and twist and pop. We're trying to create more stability. When your brain has this idea, it's going to start to respond the right way. While taking this seminar a couple weeks ago, the part that really gave me this eye-opening change was one of the presenters talked about the difference between a professional golfer and a very high-level amateur. So imagine for a second a side-by-side video comparison. On the left, you have a professional golfer, and on the right, you have a high-level amateur that shoots scratch. Both of these golfers shoot the same score. They both can hit the ball 315 yards off the tee. Even when their stroke is shown in slow motion, individually, it looks very similar. But when these strokes are shown side by side, in a comparison view, a couple glaring differences are observed. The pro golfer will rotate through his hips, And as he starts to bring the club back, his lumbar spine almost looks as if it's made of iron. There's basically no rotation happening there. It's all happening from the hips, and as the club starts to come back more, the thoracic rotation happens. It's almost like his chest and rib cage are opening up so he can take the club back. This generates tremendous power. The amateur, however, despite being able to hit the ball the same distance, has very little hip rotation. The majority of his opening up the body is happening from his lower back. There is a significant twist through his lower back and not much rotation through his upper thoracic. His club head still needs to come back to generate power and distance, so he'll tweak a little with the majority of the club rotation happening at the wrists, with a cocking of the wrist because he doesn't have proper thoracic rotation. The difference? Is one guy's a professional because he has the longevity to stay on the course and hit like this for years. He can tweak his game bit by bit because he has a fluid stroke over and over again. The other guy, he's an amateur because he's always in the chiropractic clinic throughout his life on and off. This is despite shooting the same score and despite hitting the same distance. Injury happens more often to the amateur because the body isn't working like it was made to. My second hard-hitting idea with this is just to watch the end of a marathon. Nobody looks the same. The guy over there looks like a phenom, while the guy behind him looks like he just came off the set of a zombie movie. This girl limps across the finish line, and this girl has a hitch like her hip is made of a cogwheel. It's not that we all run differently. Well, actually it is. Properly put, we all compensate for our weaknesses and improper motions. That's what compensation truly is mobile joints not moving, and stable areas overmoving. We can carry on, but to what end? At the end of the day, that's what I want you to get out of my explanation of this joint by joint approach. Too much of what we learn as we continue to Google our injuries and look up YouTube videos is misinformation. And although it makes sense, it doesn't always work in the clinical setting. I just want to give you a different idea of looking at the body to visualize a new map a modern look at your own body. It definitely made a difference in how I treat my clients who are coming to the office and I think it will make a difference in how you treat yourself. Maybe that plantar fascia issue you have in the foot isn't so much a problem where the pain is. Maybe it's because the big toe, which is supposed to be mobile, and the ankle, which is supposed to be mobile, aren't mobile at all. So the stable area of your foot is having to do its job and the job of the big toe and ankle. And if that's true, then attempting to constantly increase your mobility in the foot by mashing and smashing the crap out of it with a lacrosse ball over and over again is more hope, not really treatment. It's just more, but it's more of the wrong idea. Maybe your sore knees that creak and pop when you squat don't need more stretching, but they need a true look at the ankle and hip mobility. It needs to be performed. The idea, guys, is to give you more tools for your body. As always. Like I said on the first paragraph, I will never try to fit everybody into just one way of seeing the body. Different maps, different tools. If a certain technique or idea that we are trying clinically isn't working, we have to get a different idea. Basically, we need a new map or a differently detailed map. This helps in our clinical decision making and treatments. I hope all of you like the introduction to the joint by joint approach. If you like the simple way I present these complex body theories, I think you should also look at the last couple articles I wrote which describe different ways of seeing the body than the joint by joint approach. Ideas like body mapping and the article different body parts respond differently to injuries would really give you some insight and ideas. I would also ask that if you do like this information and my way of teaching and presenting, and you think that there are others out there that you would like it as well, please share this info. By sharing my podcast, leaving me a review, and writing comments, it really makes it much more available to other people out there, and it helps me move forward with where I want to go with my career. I want to teach, and I want to teach online. I could use a little help. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.